0: Thank mm-hmm. back to Queer Alien Blast. Today we are recapping episode 202. Um, So this episode personally to me felt very disjointed so this is why we are going character by character and not scene by scene like we did last time but I do want to take a moment to talk about the first scene uh, which personally to me felt like kind of a cold opener or comedy show. (laughs) Um, It was just really funny. Um, and I do, I do love the the Scooby Gang. I do love that they brought you know Alex and Isabel into it. Um, so that that was a really nice scene. I don't know, and just Michael being being very yeah drama like it looked like it was being dramatic, and it was just asleep. That was really. I funny. love
1: any Isabel and Michael scene. Honestly, they just they just work so well together, and <laughs> she's such an older sister that it worked out really well. And honestly, it's nice to have scenes where. Michael and Alex are in the same scene and it's not about them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no like overly dramatic moment you know that it was just them existing mm-hmm. in the same space I, that would I have liked for them to interact more yes but it felt nice for them to just be in the same social mm-hmm. situation yeah wake up cowboy
2: mm. we got us an alien problem <laughs> <sighs>
0: you bring? The medical supplies, the lab equipment and the specimen. But Noah's in there? What's left of him? Um, okay, so I wanted to start with Liz and Rosa. Um, I put them in the same Spot, I guess, because uh, their storyline in this episode is very interconnected, obviously. Um, so we start with Liz lying about um, what went on uh, Rosa's funeral, how that happened, and Rosa very quickly finding, <laughs> finding out the truth. Mm-hmm. Which,
1: I mean, of course she was going to find out, and also... Yeah. You know, I get why Liz is being protective of Rosa, but Mm -hmm. she has to give her the benefit of the doubt and let her grow up and learn things and learn about the last 10 years or it's just it's just never going to work, which I assume is the point. But
2: Mm -hmm. no, I agree. I I mean, I understand why Liz lied to Rosa about it, but I mean, she's literally sitting there on the Internet searching things and you think she's not going to figure it out. It's yeah. Liz is smarter than that.
0: Yeah. You lied to me. You want to talk about lying? Let's talk about my funeral then, huh? How the whole town came and mourned and joined in the Rosario? No, let's talk about how this whole town thinks that I killed Kate and Jasmine and the night that I died started a race war. Let's talk, Liz. Um, I do like that they kind of went back and picked up Rose's mental illness again um, because I know that's one thing that we did point out from season one. Um, when we did our recap, that wasn't something that they really focused on in season one. Um, so I'm glad that that was um, brought up again uh, in a more specific way and from Rosa herself. Um, I don't know that in the show it was ever said that she was bipolar, but I think I read some mm-hmm. interviews or like someone from the cast or crew did say that that's the mental illness that she has. So I'm glad that he brought it up. Did they just
2: I mean, she hears voices. That's not really a bipolar thing.
1: But is what
2: didn't Liz insinuate in season one that she heard voices like her mom? Yes.
0: Yes.
1: And uh, they may not know until they define it canonically. You know what I mean? Like it it may just be something that we're just sort of hinting at until they actually define it. Then we can actually see if any of this really matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but in general, I'm I'm glad that he did bring it up um, because I think it's an important storyline to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also kind of overlaps with her addiction, her struggling with her addiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do like that they mentioned that she uses art as a coping mechanism. And, you know, her graffiti and all of that was a big part of the episode, obviously.
1: Oh, I did love that. I did. I love that. I was hoping, which I knew we got glimpses of it before that it was going to happen. But I'm glad that they had her um, out with the graffiti um, because I have a feeling that that's probably how Arturo is going to find out or figure it out or start to have questions. Like Mm -hmm. that's my assumption um, is that if she continues that he's going to recognize it and really start to realize that something's up. Mm
0: Um. Yeah, Rosa and graffiti. So obviously, that gets Liz arrested, <laughs> which was fun, um, uh, in a way. But I do. Um, I think we're gonna talk about the Liz and Michael scenes later when we talk about Michael. But um, yeah, yeah, I do want to focus for a bit on Liz being interrogated for you know Noah and Max. Um. Which was interesting. We mm-hmm. know that Sheriff Valenti doesn't really like Liz. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic is is always really interesting to see to me because they're, we know from season one that they are kind of these two opposites of the immigrant experience. So right. that's really fun to see how that di- dynamic plays out. Which is interesting to me that,
2: that Sheriff Valenti kind of holds out against Liz because it's not like Liz chose to to come to The United States illegally. I mean, yeah, right. I understand her. I mean, I don't understand, I don't agree with it, but I understand her being that way towards maybe Arturo. But yeah. I mean, Liz didn't wake up one day with just when, like, <laughs> I
1: mean, like, right? It's not, it, it, she has as much control of a situation as Kyle ever did. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. the same, you know, you can't. And I think it's so interesting. We, I could talk about it with Kyle, but um, Sheriff Valenti, the how much more focus I think she's going to get or be a little bit more important, especially because clearly her views go against most of what Kyle holds. And I think mm-hmm. that'll be really interesting. If we ever in some sort of dream world, get any Sheriff Valenti and Arturo scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that could be really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the, For me personally, the most interesting thing, scene, and the scene that was probably my favorite in the whole episode was Rosa and Liz's fight about Max. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. So good. So So good. good. Good.
0: I love Rosa so much. (laughs) Like, honestly, that was such a great moment. It needed to happen. Yeah. Oh
1: my, every emotion that Liz should have had in season one instead of just randomly being okay with Max. Mm. And everything's fine. Rosa got to say.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and I was watching that scene and all I could think when Rosa started calling him, you know, a vanilla mayonnaise white bread boyfriend <laughs> was, oh my God, Rosa is, is, is us. Like, yeah. <laughs> Rosa yeah, saying everything she's... on screen that we have said about Max or, yep, you know. Exactly. She gets it. She gets it.
0: Exactly. In a lot of ways, I think she's kind of the audience. Um, the audience is. Opinion of what's happening because she's finding all this stuff out, and you know, mm-hmm. of course, she hasn't had time to process it. Liz by now has had months to to process all of this, right? Um, which is still something that I kind of bummed about um, that they didn't really show that progression. I know that it didn't have time to do that, but it still felt like a really quick mm-hmm. uh, turnaround, right?
1: S- Someone put in the tags of the that scene and I was reading somebody put a tags on my gift set of that scene and it was really interesting. So uh, crash downs on Tumblr mm-hmm. and they said like Liz looked like she was about to argue or mm-hmm. defend Max more mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like I don't that is come on Liz like yeah at this point there's really nothing you can argue with Rosa about you can just sort of accept it hear her listen to her. Because, A, Max isn't there to defend himself. She hasn't, you know, put that anger on Michael or Isabel yet. And there is no way to defend the pod squad. As much as I yeah. love, you know, Michael and Isabel, there is no way to defend... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to defend it. I mean, what they did... I mean, yes, they were kids. And yes, mm-hmm. they made a stupid mistake. But there, there is no way to defend that. You just sort yeah, of have absolutely. to to take it. And I think Liz saying, like, trying to defend Max, to me, was like, ah. Oh, they, the show didn't let her be as angry as she should have. And they're having to de- having her defend Max. And it's yeah. like, that's especially Rosa of all people. Absolutely not. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I didn't think about it until Rosa pointed it out. But I get that it was the Orteco's car. But who made the choice that Rosa had to be the one that was driving? I mean, so. Which
1: obviously in that moment, there's no way to really think beyond of consequences beyond we don't want Isabel to get caught. They're they're not thinking of, and, and I would think this would be most people, they're not thinking of any racial implications. Right. My issues are with when Liz confronts Max about it later on and saying, like, what you did caused hell on my family. And even then he still doesn't really, mm-hmm. but
2: that just goes back to white to white privilege because oh, yeah. of course, Max and Isabel and Michael aren't thinking about that because I mean, they wouldn't sit right. there and think, Oh, what are the, what yeah, are absolutely. the repercussions of putting a woman of color in the right. driver's seat making it her fault that these people have died that, they're That's not yeah. going to cross their mind. Right. And, the, and it, it's not, it's not a conscious thing. Right. I mean, they're not being willfully racist. It's, it's just your assumption when Mm -hmm. you have, when you're privileged like that.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, um, of course, Rosa's still having nightmares about Max, which is still something that I don't want to see that, but, um, (laughs) um, yeah, so she's still having nightmares and, you know, he's kind of, you know, pressuring her into stopping Liz from experimenting and all of this. Um, And so her solution, let's say, to all of this is to relapse. So I know that we've talked about in uh, the last episode of of her being healed uh, physically from um, her addiction. And, of course, this shows that she's still an addict. Which I'm glad they
2: did. I mean, I know we talked about it last episode that we didn't want them to erase the the mental aspect of addiction. And it seems like they haven't. So points to them.
1: Right, that I think it's going to become Mm -hmm. like a problem for Rosa, which I think is, or more of a problem, which I think Mm -hmm. is really the key. Um, I would find it highly unrealistic if it was just Mm -hmm. never brought up again.
0: Yeah. I do want to say as a side note, but um, it's interesting to me that they're treating um, Rosa's addiction storyline very seriously, um, from my point of view at least, and at the same time Michael who's also clearly an idol. Oh, I know. Um, is I kind of played out as a stress It's almost relief. like a joke. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're
1: playing that country song while he's, <laughs> he's try- you know, beating up Wyatt, which of course you should beat up Wyatt. Yeah. But also it's always a joke. Him, him falling asleep in a doorway. Yeah, that's funny. And yeah, we laugh about it, mm-hmm. but also add that all together with everything he's been doing and mm-hmm. being in jail, comp- you know, all of that. Yeah. Like it's, He's clearly got some issues. Like, yeah. what, what? But
2: I think that plays into the whole everybody ignores everything about Michael. That sure. Except, for Except for what he can contribute.
1: Except for what he can contribute to Liz's science experiment for Max. Other mm-hmm. than that, and then her like brief, you know, wondering about Maria. Like everything is just about what he can do for them. And that's just... And I know mm-hmm. I'm a Michael stan, la la la. But it's still... <laughs> it's When you still have two people... That are struggling to deal with their trauma and deal with their past. And, and one is serious and one is a joke. It gets really annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay, so I think uh, talking about Rosa is a l- nice little connection to uh, start talking about Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. we, they do have another really nice, um, brother-sister scene in this episode, um, which again, Kylie is the best big brother ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but also her little quip about Liz being in jail and him being like, well,
1: Liz got arrested. That was
0: so funny. <laughs> I love that was
1: amazing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's taken to being a big brother so quickly. hmm he's taken to it so quickly and i think it just shows how i mean he's just a natural caregiver in a way that is you don't get to see presumably straight men as natural caregivers in a lot of ways and i love that for him i love that we see that constantly Mm
2: -hmm. no i love how they're portraying kyle this season i love that pretty much all of his scenes have been with with rosa and liz and alex i think that's I, I love the the connections that he has with them. And especially this bu- this one he's building with Rosa is so good.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I know we're about to start talking about it, but the Steph stuff.
2: Yes. I don't like her.
1: I can't. I can't even. It's not. A, you know what? I'll ignore the blatantly conservative ideology she was spouting because maybe there's a point. Maybe mm-hmm. you will figure out something later on. That introduction was was disjointed shoved in no lead up yeah. no idea what's happening clearly framed as a love interest mm-hmm. where the fuck did she come from i was I had whiplash the in both scenes because it was like here's this random woman the only reason i know she's important is that i vaguely recognize her as an actress
0: yeah i mean i feel like i feel like it was very cw um he was a boy she was a girl can I make it any more obvious every Levine, you know?
1: (laughs) It felt, you know what it felt like? It felt like every character ever introduced on Grey's Anatomy, but like in an awkward way, you know what I mean? Where it's like, (laughs) you're randomly doing something and then a doctor pops up and you're like, oh, they're important. So like, obviously she's in the show, but it just felt like it was weird. Also, why is she talking like a Trump supporter? What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it was very random. And
2: like, I didn't mind her in that that first scene when she was there for like 10 seconds and she was kind of sassy mm-hmm. and right. called out Kyle, whatever. Like, that's cool. I, I like that. But that second scene, I was just like, why would anybody want to have a conversation with her? And she's not even a fun asshole. She, like we like half the characters on this show. She's just an asshole.
1: Yeah. She's just an ignorant one. Also, it's yeah. probably because of the timing of the episode, we're in the, the middle of a quarantine for coronavirus. Everything is up in the air <laughs> yes. and they have this character talking against universal health care when we have literal people dying in the streets. So, I mean, yeah. like they could not have known that that was going to happen, right. obviously, but the timing of it also. So the end of the scene, I was like, fuck mm-hmm. this woman. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. And I right? want to like her because she's. She's gorgeous.
1: Oh yeah, and she's a great actress. Like I, you know, the actress I'm sure is going to be fantastic, but the character I'm like, who uh anyway, I apparently feel strongly about Steph. <laughs> um I just want to say Kyle's line about the mythical magical land of Canada. Honestly, <laughs> it was probably my favorite line out of the entire episode because he's so quippy and he's so quick and he's so witty. Mm-hmm um he's so perfect he's so cute i just sound like an idiot like kyle all the time (laughs) dreamy dreamy he's the real mcdreamy um but it really is it was a it was a way to showcase that here's like a hot caregiver liberal man and i'm in love with him so that was it
0: yeah Speaking of him being quick-witted, um, that scene with Alex and when they're standing over Jesse and waking him up, and, yes, um, about removing his cover, yes. <laughs> and the line about when, like, him demolishing
1: his entire family line or whatever or whatever mm-hmm. the hell he said is so good. Just Kyle is so good in these scenes, yeah, because he plays a very good asshole to people that deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's so good at being a dick to Jesse because Jesse deserves it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but also Alex in that scene. Um, I mean, the shut up, dad, which is which was just <laughs> perfect delivery. Um, oh yeah. But it, it's funny to me that probably the scenes I uh, liked most for this episode were actually Alex and Jesse's scenes. Mm-hmm. I I just think they were. Coherent to what Alex's character is, to you know, introducing possible storyline for him because we haven't really seen much of Alex in these two episodes. I think, um, but they were interesting and also Jesse's. You know, is so quick to be like, "You're not doing anything to me because you you don't want to put Garen in danger," um, which rude, but also true. <laughs> um, I do. I do have to say that I do love Jesse as a villain. So
2: Yeah, he's a great villain. I like seeing the Alex and Jesse scenes with Alex at his current age, just because I mm-hmm. like the the difference between when Alex was a teenager and how confident and self-assured and, you know, kind of unafraid of Jesse that Alex is in, in this
1: time. Right.
0: Yeah. And also the other interesting part of their scenes was obviously uh, Flint being there. Um, and I particularly love love that last scene that they had when they were looking at Jesse from outside the door.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, literally, when Flynn said the line about, you know, what, what makes you think that I decided to become like that, I immediately thought of Sarah <laughs> and what she said in the last episode of, like, the main abuse confirmed. That was... You Know, like, that was that, you know. Um, I think that was such a great line to have. I, I mean, obviously, Flynn is still an asshole, but um, oh, yeah, I do enjoy that we're probably going forward going to see why he became an asshole, yeah. I mean, be,
1: yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I, I don't, I, I've never for a second would have thought it'd be realistic that it was only Alex that got the brunt of Jesse. Now, it may be mm-hmm. Alex got the brunt of it physically and more, you know, more so than the other, whatever. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm um, all for redeeming a character if you actually redeem him. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyle's redemption, not that he was ever, I mean, mm-hmm. he was a bully, but it was a little bit mm-hmm. different. But I mean, Kyle's redemption, I think, made sense for the character that they built. To redeem someone we've seen on camera be an asshole now... You know, it would take some work. But I'm definitely here for it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's move on to Amanda's note for this episode, (laughs) uh, which was about Alex's um, Mm -hmm. self-deprecation. So we're talking, obviously, about um, the Milex scene. um, And Alex's reply to... Michael's saying that he likes Maria. I can help you, Garen. No. I don't, uh... think we should be working together. It's just work. I like Maria, okay? I like being around her. Don't think she likes being around me much right now. So... Maybe this is pointless get it
1: you know honestly if i could choose to be with maria De Luca, I, I would too
0: um the way that i interpreted it and i think amanda you too i don't know about sarah mm-hmm. but um was that he wasn't saying if i wa- if i weren't gay right I no would be yeah with yeah. maria um it's if, I, if
1: i were you and had the choice between the exactly, two of exactly you know.
0: exactly so right. that plays into Alex essentially seeing himself as the one that can be left behind. And that, yeah, and seeing himself as,
1: you
2: know, as... The harder of the two choices. Yeah, Maybe
1: more of a broken person than Maria. Although, I mean, that's mm-hmm. his, not not that I think that, but I think he sees that. Mm-hmm. That he's sort of more damaged goods than Maria. Mm-hmm. And that he sees Maria in much the way that maybe Michael sees Maria as this sort of chance for a lighter interaction a lighter you know that's 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 sort of what maria represents to michael and i think this that line is alex partially talking about himself but also partially acknowledging that that relationship probably would be easier Mm -hmm. and you know and i think you know i think some people were upset that they felt like alex wasn't given room to be upset about it it just would not feel like alex if he got upset about it i think that that response was so alex yes
0: but also, I, I think it's, it is in line with how he acted with Maria in episode 10. Um, I also think when Alex does eventually have his conversation with Maria, he will act like similar to what he did in episode 10. Right. Um, I do kind of wish that they did give him time to be not, not necessarily angry, but like hurt. Like he can be but hurt. But upset, like mourn it. Oh, I get it. But I think there's a difference between being
1: hurt when, and, and maybe when he gets to talk to Maria, maybe he will be. And it was a difference between being hurt and then also acknowledging that the reality of the situation, like I don't yeah, you know I mean? To, to say to Michael, I, I get why you're doing yeah. it. And maybe it doesn't, it hasn't sort of set in and he'll, he'll get a little bit more upset later. Mm-hmm. But I think in that moment, it's very Alex to say, I get it.
2: Yeah. Well, and I don't think Alex is the type that's going to show how upset he is. To anybody, to Maria, especially not to Michael. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. he's just not the type to 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 call. Them. Well,
1: I mean, he does. But yeah, he, ha- he has to be pushed though. he has to be pushed into it, really. But see, but
2: to me, there's a difference between when Alex calls out people because he's angry or because he thinks that they've done wrong. And Alex being hurt.
1: No, but I'm saying like, w- this is not the Alex attitude that we saw at the end of episode 9, right? Obviously, this is that, you know, at the end of episode 9 was very emotional, and I think it's cuz he felt pushed to finally say something. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in this moment that was the the, you know, would have been the right response for for him as a character. I think it's more something that later on when there's a catalyst for it. Yeah,
0: I think I think maybe it would make more sense to me that when we see him with Michael and Or Maria they will be acting like he he did. Uh, Absolutely, that makes sense Uh, for him as a character that he wouldn't want to show uh, other people how it actually makes him feel. But I do wish, I do want to see maybe him either alone or with someone else, like with Kyle, I don't know, and actually kind of see him being hurt if he is hurt i I do believe that he is um and i think i think that makes sense um and i think that's valid right yeah of course i do want eventually i do want an
1: alex and maria scene mm-hmm. you know i don't yeah. think mm-hmm. i think it would be two f- friends that that love each other that respect one another that do have this elephant in the room that they do need to talk about yeah and I, I would assume naturally, narratively, we would get a scene with the two of them. I can't imagine that not ever being a thing. Of course, it will.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's been um, it's been hinted at uh, with various yeah, interviews yeah. and stuff. So I think we will get it. I do want to get it as soon as possible because I think as mm-hmm. you know, as time goes on, it kind of feels weirder and weirder that she's not talking to him.
1: Right, it loses its importance if we wait six episodes yeah. to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, but let's move on to, um, the sweet part of that Alex scene, which was obviously Alex telling Michael about his mom's name. Yeah.
1: No. I'm glad it was Alex that did it. The gl- I'm glad that it was Alex. It makes so much sense for everything that he's been involved with his, his mom. That yeah. It just, it felt like it bookended lots of scenes about, um, Alex's, or Michael's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very, very sweet scene. Well, and that
2: that's the scene. and I didn't notice it until I think it was a set that you made, Amanda. And there he he tells Michael his mom's name or whatever. And he does. Alex does this little like head nod toward him. Yeah. At the end. And I was just like, because <gasps> it was just he just he loves he, Michael. I mean, he, he cares. cares. Yeah. He loves him. And it just it, that little
1: nod was. And I think to me and, and you know, I could be wrong. To me, it seems like, th- I would rather have scenes like that than any sort of emotional, romantic, anything else for the next few seasons. I just want, that's the foundation of a friendship. Like, that's mm-hmm. something that I would like to be explored. Every scene doesn't have to be heart-wrenching about the two of them. Like, mm-hmm. Mike, Michael's made his choice. He said, you know, Alex has put himself out there a few times. Michael has said no. So, honestly, I know this is going to sound nuts as a Malik shipper. I want it to be kind of... Let's let's move away from that formula mm-hmm. for a little while. Let's let's start having scenes where it's not so emotionally charged and see where we can go from there. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Okay, but before we delve a little deeper into the mock trauma of it all, um, because I want to connect that to Maria. Um. Let's talk about Michael. Well, it's all interconnected, but um. Michael picking fights and being arrested. Um, That scene that we were all waiting for since the New York Comic Con trailer of his voicemail. (laughs) You've reached the voicemail of Michael Guerin.
2: Please leave a message after the beep.
1: Beep.
0: So dramatic. That's the most important part of the episode, honestly. So good.
1: Yeah, that was all that mattered. Then honestly, God, everything he said to Liz, everything, not only the voicemail thing, but the everyone's dying in the garbage. <laughs> the emotions are full of garbage. I'm like, okay, should you be wearing all black and like crying and listening to like an Escrimo band? Like how dramatic. I mean, you're not wrong, but also calm down. Like yeah. um, they've just made, they've, they've dialed up the dramatic bisexual yeah. and I don't, I appreciate it, but Jesus.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously picking the fight with uh, Wyatt is all connected with him being protective of Maria and at the same time connecting with how she's dealing with her mom having disappeared. Right. Um, so I do want to focus a little bit on Liz's line to him in, in when they were in the cell. that She's like, why can't you just admit that you like Maria? Um, and just before that, Michael oh. was like... Like, I know what it feels like to lose your mom. And I feel like Liz is kind of missing the point. Like, I, I'm i not sure that she knows that what happened at Caulfield. I don't think she does. But um, I do want them to realize that those things can coexist. Right. Um. Like, it can absolutely be about him liking Maria, having feelings for her and wanting to be protective, because it is. We see it is. Mm-hmm. But it, it also is absolutely about the fact that he he understands what Maria is going through. Right. Um, Obviously, there's a connection there that goes deeper than romantic feelings. Right. Um, Yeah, let's talk about Michael and Maria in this episode. Again, I don't care about them romantically. Well, I mean, I think...
1: But I mean, I think, you know, even if you don't ship them, it was... um, I, I just, I, I do love their chemistry and I love that the way that the mm-hmm. conversation that they had mm-hmm. and that, you know, I don't want you to hate me. Don't make me hate yeah. you. A lot of that was very, very beautiful and very, shows a lot about Michael's character and, and shows yeah w- what he's trying to, to do and how he's trying to change. And I think that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Um, I did enjoy their scenes in this episode. The, the first one better, I think uh, it was really sweet. Um, the one where she's, you know, putting the the posters up at the airstream, and of course they do have this connection um, that again goes beyond the romantic side. Um, um, I mean, I think I, I think it's
1: Michael is just so. It is a sort of a softer side of Michael that we yeah. don't really get to see very often, um, and I think that that's a very important part of his character. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of nice to see him in a romantic situation with someone else because you just get a more well-rounded view of who he is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's always nice to see, even if I don't really care about them so much as, you know, their their relationship. that always, That's always nice to see. And it's nice to see Maria get fleshed out more.
0: Yeah. I did like that. Um, exchange of you know I don't need a hero good because I'm not one because I think that's something that's been debated a lot within fandom right um, about Maria you know not not needing a man I think like a lot of people in the in the fandom were like but she doesn't need a man you know mm-hmm. um, and the strong the strong black woman stereotype or like the she needs to be alone she can be you know her own hero and like no she doesn't but like. Michael's obviously not a hero in his own eyes. Not, but it's it's not a hero in general, but like <laughs> in his own eyes, specifically. But I do like that despite that he's still is still there for her. You know, it's right. not necessarily you know needing a hero or like a man or whatever, but like someone that's there to support you. Uh, that that can you know just be a shoulder to cry on, really, which which is something that's very consistent in their relationship. Right.
1: Well, and it speaks a lot to Maria that the first thing she kind of went to was I don't really need a hero because that says a lot about maybe her romantic history in general. Yeah. That, you know, and and so I'll be eager. The part of their relationship that I would love to see is, you know, Maria has every ability to soften some of Michael Guerin's edges, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and offer some sort of, you know, vulnerability, a softness, an openness that he and alex can't seem to give one another right now
0: yeah absolutely um okay so that was also a funnier side of marie in this episode um which was of course the spiritual healing class whatever it was called oh yes yeah, so good i love that scene can we talk about the true star of that scene though which was yes i was gonna name? say that the werewolf guy bert,
1: bert. although what a tragic name <laughs> You have all the names in the world, Karina. Why Bert?
2: <laughs> we're going to begin by writing
0: down what we're afraid of. Werewolves. Um But I do like that they um they kind of followed up with what um, Maria says about, you know, hustling and like she needs the money. Yep. That's very obvious that washing that's what she's doing. Right. Um but also there's this part of her that is very you know connected with being a psychic and all of that so it does it it does make sense for her as a character right but my absolute favorite part of it was that we got to see maria and isabel interact again so Mm. good and of course their relationship is very
2: antagonistic
0: yeah bitchy i was gonna say (laughs) but yes antagonistic (laughs) works um And, of course, it's not just Isabel. Like, I am glad this time, like, we we talked about how Isabel interacts with other women. And Maria's just, you know, like, she she gives as hard as she gets. Um, So that was, it's always really interesting to see. But what was, what, what I personally loved about it was when, when they got to the scene about uh, burning the, the paper with fear.
1: Oh, the tenderness, the tenderness. Yes, the
0: softness that Maria, like, of course, part of it is the she gets a, a psychic something from Isabel. Right. But obviously, you know, Maria is such as empathetic character and um, I, do, I, I really do love how she, even if she dislikes Isabel, she was still there to support her and, like, guide her through this very difficult situation, even though nobody knows what she's actually talking about, you know, just Isabel knows.
1: And I'm hoping that that is, is what some things like this are what's going to snap Isabel out of the sort of, which she's already getting there, but that sort of mean bitch attitude, because Mm -hmm. now we've seen Kyle and Maria who have every reason to dislike her for different reasons now giving her, like, softness and kindness and care when she needed it. And so, yeah. I'm, so I'm hoping that, that means it's the beginning of some friendships for Izzy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the other um, focus, of course, of the episode was, for Isabel, was uh, her relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, Amanda, you don't like her mom. Uh, I don't really either uh sarah you love claudia black of course i should say i'm <laughs> I'm just biased
2: because it's claudia black
1: well i mean yeah the actress is fine the actress is she does a great job she plays that character well the character i
2: liked Anne more in this episode yes. than i have any other because i feel like she was really trying to yeah help isabel
1: i think she's you know i i yes i think that she's one of those characters that the reason it bothers me is it, it's it's I just want to shake her and be like, you don't see your daughter at all. You don't, you're not seeing her. Mm-hmm. You're not actually, you know, that there's clearly something wrong here. And obviously that, you know, can happen. But it just feels like she's being sort of, again, some of her privileged money background is just making her like, oh, this is nothing. It's a problem that can be solved by going to a spiritual class rather than having an actual honest to God conversation. I mean, she
0: does suggest a therapist first yeah
1: i mean a lot of this is isabel being like completely stubborn you know and she can't reveal everything but there's something about isabel's mom i don't trust i don't know where i have no basis for it other than i don't know that i trust her
0: Mm -hmm. um and then of course the last thing um was the which was a big focus of the episode for isabel was um her kind of taking matters into her own ends. Um, I do like that we saw kind of that little montage of her um, in self-defense class, mm-hmm. which I do want to see more of. Uh, I hope we do. Uh, I hope it's not kind of just put there I and mean, be like, oh, she took self-defense classes and that's it. And then, of course, she has that conversation with Liz where she finds out that she that Liz still has the, the poison and she steals the poison and apparently she's giving herself abortion through ADM poison. Yeah,
2: real well thought out. Like, like, she really thought that through. I
0: don't know. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> but then what was that? Well, then, then why? I mean, why even have this damn storyline at all? Yeah.
2: Well, because I mean, obviously, it's not going to work. But to, I hated it because to me, to me, it's the equivalent of her throwing herself down the stairs. And I hate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's just I don't know. I'm still not loving this. I do. I do. I will say I loved that scene where she was reading the app about being pregnant because those apps are really fucking annoying when you're pregnant. Because it'll be like, <laughs> your child literally is the size of, you know, a green bean or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what is it? This doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. And I do like that because you do have to learn to love this thing Mm -hmm. by these like metaphors like the lentil you know that's you know that's why lots of parents call their kids peanut because a lot of a common one is it's the size of a peanut but it's uh, that that was the scene where i felt very much because i did the same thing in terms of when i was pregnant and would get these like yours are the size of this it was just like that's terrifying i don't know
0: yeah okay so um that was it for our episode two recap of course you can you guys can chat with us on tumblr twitter instagram um again we are also on uh not that complicated where we already also have written recaps and yeah we'll be out next week with the episode three thank you guys thank you guys thank you you. Bye. bye